Hey, welcome everyone to Harvest Connection Church Online. I'm so glad you guys are joining us today for worship. Um, you know, this feels very weird for me to be standing on the stage in front of the camera. Uh, these past three, six, at the time, I don't know about time right now, because, but ever since this COVID thing's happened, um, myself as well as the media team has been going to the University of YouTube trying to figure out this whole live streaming, broadcasting stuff, and it's been interesting, so that's why I'm used to being behind the camera and not in front of the camera. Um, I, these are just crazy times, and it, I told my wife the other day, I was like, hey, I'm going to be speaking this coming Sunday, and she's like, are you serious? How are you going to do that? Are you just going to go and to all the cameras and hit record, then jump on the stage, record yourself, and then jump back down and hit off? And I'm like, no. That's not what we're doing. We have, like I said, we have an amazing media team, and I'm super thankful for each and every one of them for being here and going through this process together. Has been learning, like I said, this live streaming uh, new season that we're in. And uh, this is something we've all been going through right now. It's just been a crazy season. Uh, but I know a couple months back, I found myself one Sunday afternoon. Uh, after my family and I just got through, finished doing home church, I went outside and I was getting ready to mow my yard. I put some my earphones in. I was going to listen to some worship music as I mowed. But I remember telling God, I was like, God, I just, I need a moment just to, just to zone out, just to not think about video cameras or streaming or the COVID or anything else. I just, I want to hear from you. What is it that you have for me? What is it that you want to teach to me? And I remember about halfway through, you know, whenever I finally got all, rid of all the distractions in my mind, when I was, I could, then I could actually hear what God was wanting to tell me. And I do remember hearing James chapter 1, starting verse 2, it said, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and then let steadfastness have its full effect that you, you may be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. And then right after that moment, I felt like what Jesus was telling me is like, hey, I've always been here, and I've been wanting to show you something. And I'll even show you in such a way that it will re relate to you in your life. And he began to like use examples of video cameras and lightings and live streaming and all like these ideas, everything I'm thinking about, he used that to speak to my heart and taught me something. And so I want you to know this was laid on my heart a few months ago. And, and well, today I'm excited to be able to bring that message that he gave me, what he's been working on with me and bring it to you today. So one of the first thing that I've learned these past few months behind the camera is this, that lighting, it's everything. I remember, you know, lighting makes, it can either make or break a video. And I remember Easter. And I was so worried to make sure that Easter service, the Resurrection Sunday, was perfect. I wanted the lighting to be perfect. I wanted, when you first saw the service online, I wanted you to think Easter with all the lights and thanks to B for helping me make sure that I knew that I needed Easter lilies in the background. I had those in the background. I had the cross in the background. I had all the stuff that what I needed on the live stream in the background. I had it. Had all my cheap lights going. It was bright. It was perfect. And then we videoed the message. And then I got the message on my computer. I started editing. And then that's whenever I realized it. I found out that good cameras will expose your bad lighting. See, I didn't realize that I was giving too much attention in all the wrong places. Basically, the light 
was becoming the loudest thing in my video. You know, it was kind of like the light was so bright, it was making Curtis even brighter. It was kind of like one of Moses' things. When Moses came down from the mountain, you couldn't see Moses' face because of the presence of the Lord. You need to put a veil over his face. It was kind of like the same way with Curtis. We need to put a veil over his face because it was way exposed. But basically what I was doing is I was wasting my time in all the wrong areas, and it ultimately was putting putting me in my pain cycle. You know, something that we say here at Connection is, what gets your attention will get your direction. Well, maybe let's take a step forward and say this. Whatever is louder is going to get your attention, and then that will set your direction. See, the distraction of making the lighting perfect in these videos, I basically, I overdid it and missed the main point, which was the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. So another example uh, let's take COVID, for example. Just, just an example. But one day I was thinking, you know, we have taken something that, you know, you really can't see, and we've made it visible by the actions of his people, by the actions of this world. We've made COVID visible. Now, don't get all distracted. Don't get political about what I'm saying. Like, for those of you who think, well, Brett believes in COVID. And now with me saying that, some of you might be thinking, Wait, he doesn't believe in COVID? No. Okay, let's just put all that to the side. I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point, set an example. But we've really have taken something that you, that's really an unseen something, and we've made it visible. I mean, when you go to the store, you, if you see a mask, you think COVID. When you see all the toilet paper and the canned goods, everything's gone, you think COVID. And the sad thing, when we see businesses closed, now we think COVID. We have taken something that you really can't see and have made it visible. Now, COVID is just, this. like I said, this is just me setting an example, but this has gotten our attention and has been setting our direction, and the world has been shaken by it. So let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 1. This is the scripture that Jesus was really leading me to. In chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people of the old days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed in God's command. That's what we now see, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So our faith in Jesus shows us the evidence of the unseen. It's what we hope for. So a question is, what has your attention? Do you know? Can I ask you, is, do you feel like you have joy in your life? Do you have peace in your life? If you have neither one of these two things, I will tell you that Jesus might not be the center of all, Jesus might not be the center of what's getting your attention. Let me try to say that again. Something in your life other than Jesus has your full attention and it might be getting your direction right now. Is, is there do you have fear in your life? Do you have anxiety? Is there depression creeping up? How's your marriage? Does it seem like it may be rocky? Your job, you're always complaining about your job. Or maybe you're having thoughts of, you know, I just feel alone. That nobody understands what it is that I'm feeling. You might be looking at life through your physical eyes. Now I will tell you, it was the good camera that showed me how much attention I was giving to the wrong things in my life. 
Hebrews just said that faith will give me eyes to see the unseen. So a point that I'm trying to make is this. Faith gives us, our faith gives us spiritual eyes to see the invisible calling on our life. See, like I said, the COVID, I'm just, that's just setting an example. But I truly believe that there's, we all have something deeper that's actually in our lives other than the sickness. And I tell you, the enemy, he's going to try to get you to believe that you're, that you see you're in a field that has mines. All, it's like a minefield. And everywhere you go, there's little bombs waiting to trip you up. And maybe you see it and then you're just trying to avoid it. Or maybe it's that you don't see them and you think you're doing right. And, but it seems every day you're finding a new situation after situation, new problem after problem. And that's where the enemy wants to get you to see and think. No matter what you do, something else will blow up. The giving attention to places that were put, he wants you to have attention to, for you to give your attention to places that were meant to get you to stumble. He wants you to pay attention to these traps that he set so that you don't walk in the calling that God has set on your life. I'll tell you something else about cameras though, real quick. A cheap camera, a cheap camera will make your bad lighting seem okay. A cheap camera will make your lighting seem okay. Like, this is just the way life is supposed to be. Like, this is just average. I don't know about everyone else, but this is just the best it's going to be. But I will tell you, friends, there's a camera out there that will show you so much more, a world that's far beyond this world. It will show you that God who endured, a God who endured a cross so much that he wants you to experience joy again today. He will show you that you have a calling on your life. Something else I've learned during this whole live streaming business is, uh, is camera angles. Uh, we, so now we're on our new stage with all the new backdrop, and we got new lights in the auditorium. We got new cameras, like I said, and and now we have these two. We have these two side cameras. And these two side cameras have two special lenses. They're made to be zoomed in really close. So then whenever Allison is over here or Eloise and they're playing the keys with this camera, we can really zoom in really close and see like the fingers playing the keys. It's a really cool look. And we can come over here and this camera with its lens can zoom in to side playing his guitar. And it's just something that's kind of cool. But then the center camera it has a different lens its purpose is to give us maybe more of the full body shot if we wanted to or a lot uh, more of the stage they all have a purpose but they all but they look different and that aggravates me because i have so many problems i seem to not get these two side cameras to match the same look as this middle camera, it me, gets me so aggravated that it doesn't look the same through the camera, through the eye of the camera. And you probably know where I'm going with this is it's comparison game. Someone else's calling versus my calling. We can get so frustrated when someone else's life looks totally different than my life. Why is it that I work so hard and yet go nowhere? And then this person over here feels like they're killing it at life. I work so hard, but yeah, I feel like I'm just bleeding so much. And why is it everyone thinks that this person's right, but I tell you what, I don't think they are right, because I think I know what's right, right? <laughs> and get us frustrated. 
and thinking, believing that life is not fair. You know, this makes me think of whenever I was growing up, whenever I was 16, my first car was an 89 Jeep, white with a brown soft top. It was awesome. And it was a standard. That was the problem. I had to learn how to drive a stick shift when I was 16 years old. And it, it was hard. It was a challenge. And the most challenging part of driving a standard at 16 years old in Canyon, Texas, and if you, if you grew up in Canyon, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's coming out of Huntsley Hills off of VFW, and you're coming up to Hereford Highway. There's a stop stoplight right there. And when that stoplight turned red, fear and anxiety would just come over all my body because you basically that light is on a hill. And then when you're driving a standard, you have to get the gas and the clutch just right so that you don't stall out and the car turns off or that you don't put enough gas and the clutch and the clutch is too far in. You just start rolling back and you hit the car behind you. It was so scary. And every time I was in my Jeep and the light turned red and there's someone behind me, I just wanted to be like, just go around. I might be here for a while. So frustrating. And then my friends, their first car is, a, is an automatic standard. I mean, that's easy. Anybody can do it. I mean, they were just cruising around through the drag at night, eating their McDonald's and just getting on their phones and yelling at people. It's just, it was easy for them. I'll tell you what, you can't do the drag at night of Canyon doing a standard and, and eating your McDonald's. You just can't do it. It's frustrating. Now we got to get back to scripture. Hebrews 11, um, verse, starting verse 4, um, all the way to verse 31. I'm not going to read them all. But it says that, you know, the author speaks of people, the Old Testament, and said that they were the pioneers of our fa- of the faith. One of those testimonies is um, that by faith, Noah built an ark. It says that by faith, Abraham received an inheritance. By faith, Moses, well, he did a lot. And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. You know, but I can only imagine, I can only imagine what the people around them were thinking when they saw these great things happening. I think about Noah's wife. Did she get it at first? Or Sarah. I mean, she laughed, laughed out loud whenever she heard that she was going to have a baby at such an old age. What about, I don't know, we do know that the people who were following Moses, they didn't always see eye to eye. And what about the, the men of the armies? Did they always, did they believe that the walls would fall? You know, witnessing someone else's story can really seem very off from our own. We might even actually see other people's life through our faith eyes and still don't get it. We still might not even understand. And it might seem very different. It might seem wrong in your own eyes. Because, like I just said, it's different. And this can get very frustrating. And then exactly what happens after this? We all know. This is when we look to our friends and say, Hey, Karen, you see what Billy's doing over there? I don't believe it. You believe that he's doing that? Right? As we begin to gossip. My second point is really more of a question. I would ask, Does my expressions show my faith? Does my expression show my faith? Or is my expressions showing my emotions? I mean, it's really easy to say, God, I make you the Lord of my life. But can we also say, Lord, I also too make you Lord of my emotions? 
It's really easy to get upset with someone that doesn't agree with what I agree with. And it's just too easy to get jealous. I mean, the, the thing that I imagine is us. We're a bunch of group of people that are really like zombies. And we got all the, the goo and the rat, you know, whatever what you think a zombie looks like. We're just like walking around bleeding and all with our emotions everywhere. And we're just flipping our emotions all over the place and everyone around us. It's like we don't have our own emotions in check. Have we submitted our emotions to something greater? As Proverbs 11, 9, 11 will say, with their words, the godless destroy their friends. Are you destroying your friends just because their life is different than yours? I tell you, one of the biggest tragedies is when someone who doesn't understand begins to gossip a person's calling because it only will discredit that person and their calling on their life. You're discrediting someone's calling on their life by gossiping or questioning. We don't have time to be worried about all these different viewpoints. I tell you what, church, because we have a calling that's set before us, and a calling that it's time for us to fulfill. And this moves me on to my, my third point is this. One thing that I've learned during this filming process, this live streaming, is getting out of auto will change the game. See, these cameras that we have, uh, they're not cheap cameras, like I said, and they don't do auto. You have to manually do everything. You have to manually zoom in, to manually focus. You have to set the white balance, the aperture, all these things. You have to do it all. It's hard. It's not easy to learn. But you know, like I said, our media team is awesome. And there's one time we were filming worship, and I remember uh, Riley was actually on this camera, and she was cutting across the stage, and she had Allison in the uh, shot with planter keys, and in the background she had her son Wade on the drums. And Riley was focused actually on Wade on the drums, and Allison was blurred out, and then she refocuses, recalibrates, and makes it where Allison's in focus and clear, and Wade was blurred out. It's a really cool shot. Uh, and I remember coming over here and seeing from this camera, Sarah was zoomed in uh, on, I can't remember actually who she was zoomed in on, but the song was coming to an end and she just kind of blurred it and moved it over, adding a really cool atmosphere feeling to that worship, to that service. See, our job is to set the atmosphere for worship. The cameras don't. See, I love this. I love what Curtis said uh, last week is, God has you here for a purpose. And of all the whole time of the world, as the world's been created, he chose to have you on this earth at the exact time with all this technology, the fast pace of the earth. He believes that you can make a difference in the atmosphere around you. And I love that. I mean, we really easily, we could live in life in auto, just like I was talking about uh, learning to drive a standard versus being an automatic. We could choose to live our life like we're an automatic, just cruising on through life, just basically letting someone else call the shots, someone else tell, telling us what to do. But really, whenever you're in auto, like I said, my friends, it was easy to get distracted, to eat something else, to eat while you're going through, just not paying attention, to get distracted by our phones. What's the first thing we do when we wake up? Are we going to the, to the Word of God or are we going to the news? Are we going to social media? Throughout the day, what are we doing? Are we getting distracted? It's just too easy to be in auto mode and to get distracted. But life in manual, because it doesn't seem very fun. And it's not. I'll tell you, life in manual, it is hard. 
It's constantly making corrections, recalibrating according to the atmosphere. It's being prepared and seeing in the future that there's something coming. I might have to downshift. I might have to make an adjustment in my life. It's setting disciplines in my life. And it's know that I might trip up. I'm, I might stall out for a second, but I'm going to keep going. I'm, I'm learning. I'm going to keep going. I might trip and uh, bust up my knees every now and then. I might lose relationships along the way. But being in manual mode also means that you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to create some disciplines in your life. Manual is looking through life with faith eyes, seeing the distractions and making corrections. Auto, living a life in, in, auto, in automatic, is the enemy's way of getting you to choose cruise control, of choosing that to get distracted, and living a life of offense. So, so getting back to Hebrews, here's the promise. So after we finish chapter 11, we get to chapter 12, and we start in verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which cleans so closely and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. See, it's joy that was set before him. Who is the joy that was set before him? It was it's me. His joy was you. It's your friends. It's your children. It's going to be your grandchildren. It's the joy that was set before him is why he went to the cross. Yes, he went to the cross, died on the cross, was buried and was resurrected to offer a place of salvation for our people to be resurrected to him, to be reconciled, uh, to reconciliate us to back to God. That is the purpose. But then he knew this. He wanted a relationship with us. And so he knew whenever he'd be uh, on the third day when he was resurrected and was raised and seated at the right hand of God, he knew this, that he, he was not only preparing a place to live for eternity with him after our life, but he's also doing it because he gets to be in a relationship with us now. He gets to be with us now. The joy set before him being in the everlasting relationship with his people. So you don't always be alone. Know that you're not always alone, that he will be with you. It's whenever we accept this in our life and begin to have faith and see life through our spiritual eyes that he will give you, he'll show you, he'll reveal to you the calling on your life. And here's the deal, is that you'll have joy because he is with you. And that's my third point is joy is in the process. Joy is in the process. Joy is not just what he does. Joy is who he is. It's who he is. And he wants to share his joy with you as you go through this life. And then his presence in his, in our life, his presence in our life will then give us peace in our hearts and joy as we're going through this life. And this is why I can't afford not to live by faith. Because like Hebrews said, sin, it clings to me. Sin wants to cling to us and get us distracted and go back to auto so that we can be distracted. And I can't afford that because I can't afford distractions. 
I can't afford to be living in a life and constantly getting tripped up and distracted by fear in my life. I don't want depression to no longer to be the control of all my thoughts and my heart. I can't afford to be in the middle of this whole comparison game because there's a call. I've discovered that there's a call on my life. So today I want to ask you if you're seeking joy in your life. Are you seeking joy in your life? I know we all are. These are crazy times. Are you seeking peace in your life? So where do you find it? I will tell you, church, you'll find it right here in the Word of God. It's here in the Word of God. You'll hear, you'll read testimony after testimony after testimony of people who reached the promise, who lived a fulfilled life through the power of Jesus Christ. And then here you get to see the promises that were set before them. You'll read about all the promises. And then you get to read and discover the promise that's set before you. Because as soon as you start to read, you'll discover for the first time how real and alive the word of God will be in your life. You'll discover your calling. And then another great thing is that you'll, as you begin to read, you'll discover that just like... Just like the river, the river was parted for his people and how Jesus was holding back the waters. Church, I will tell you, as you begin to read the word of God, you'll discover that Jesus is still holding the waters back in your life. If you're feeling depressed in your life and have no joy or no peace, I want to encourage you, go find the word of God and you'll discover that Jesus is still there and he is in your life holding back the waters and saying, come on through, my child. I'm with you. I've already conquered it. If you go on and read in Hebrews, it also says that, that next few verses, that he conquered sin of himself, meaning the sin of our own, what tries to entangle us to get us distracted. He conquered that. He knows what you're going through, church. And as you read, if we, did, if we choose to go to the word each and every day, the word will be like a light unto my path. So when you are distracted and you don't have joy and you feel like you don't have peace, when you open the word, it'll become a light unto your path to show you the distractions, to show you, it'll show you exactly what you're paying attention to and that you don't need to be paying attention to that. This is made to get you off track. Don't go there. And keeping our eyes on the resurrection, can you? if you keep our, your eyes on the resurrection, you will be able to endure your cross. So I'm not defaulting back to auto because the unseen promise ahead of me is far greater. So each and every day I will choose to wake up and have a decided heart. I will seize the moment and I'll see the life before me through my eyes, my faith eyes, and see the promise on my life. Let's pray. God, I, I, I thank you for today. I thank you for the word that you first put on my heart. And uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for for as I read in Romans 1, verse 20, says, For since the creation of the world, that your attributes should be seen, that it should be understood, that we, so that we could be without excuse. So, Lord, I just pray that you give us faith to see through our spiritual eyes, to see your goodness all around us, and not be distracted by what the world's trying to get us to look and see and to get distracted by. I pray, God, that you help us to give us eyes to see the calling that is set before us. Lord, for those who are experiencing a depression in our lives, 
that don't have joy in their lives. Lord, I just pray that your presence today will lead them to uh, put their hand up and ask for that. Someone pray for me. I pray that they will call a friend, that they get someone next to them and just ask for prayer. And right then, Lord, I just pray that your presence be revealed to them, that they see you. God, I just pray for a refreshing in our hearts. Give us boldness today to live a life that you've that you have called us to live. Help us to change the atmosphere around us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.